Hello there, and welcome to the Unfuck Your Biz with Brayden podcast, a show to encourage and empower creative CEOs just like yourself through actionable legal, tax, and financial topics. I'm Brayden Drake, an author, lawyer, tax pro, and educator, but you can just call me Brayden, your gay best friend, here to help you unfuck that biz. If you're ready to dive in, grab a notebook, maybe some coffee, and buckle in to learn how you can implement solid strategies to build a profitable business. All right. Hello, friends, and welcome back to the podcast. As always, this is your uh, your favorite gay bestie, Brayden. And today I am here with a very special guest. Haley, how are you doing? I'm doing great, Brayden. How are you? I am good. Thank you. So Haley, you probably thought I was like really rushed when you got on the call because I was like, <laughs> hi, I'm going to hit record. Are you ready? Um, <laughs> did I catch you off guard? Um, No, it's okay. <laughs> okay. The reason, so I decided to start doing that because what I realized is that whenever I have guests on, we always like chit chat and kind of break the ice for five minutes before we hit record. And then every time I'm like, we should have recorded that because it's like a fun little banter, um, get to know one another, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Well, I feel like we also kind of got to break the ice recorded for an hour last week on my podcast. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah, people Everyone should go tune in. Do you want to go, go ahead and plug your podcast for everybody. We'll do it at the front and at the end. Yeah, so it's called Messy in the Middle, and it's basically about all of those messy little moments that people don't necessarily talk about when it comes to growing and scaling your business. Um, you can check it out at HaleyEJohnson.com slash podcast. We'll have all the episodes listed, and Braden's should be coming out in October. Nice, and people, people are going to love that because I share a lot of messy moments on my podcast. They're like already acclimated. <laughs> Perfect. Okay, beautiful. All right, Haley, can you just start by telling us a little bit about um, who you are and what you do? Yeah, so I am Haley. I am an ethical copywriter, trauma-informed marketer, and I didn't really know how to explain what I did until about six months ago, which is bad because I've been in business for going on six years. So <laughs> I've always kind of done a little bit of everything, um, tried to scale up into an agency, realized I hated an agency, scaled back down to kind of doing my own thing and being uh, not a full solopreneur, but definitely closer to like a complete done for you service provider. And then on this other kind of arm of my business, we have Propagy, which is a LinkedIn lead gen education company sort of thing. We teach people how to use LinkedIn to grow their business according to their personality so that they're not spending all of their time dancing in front of reels on Instagram if they don't want to, or showing up in all of these networking groups if they don't want to. It's really about teaching people how to create the strategy that works for them. And we focus on LinkedIn because it's such a friendly platform to help people do that. Okay, cool. And are both of those arms of your business within the same company, Haley Johnson, LLC? Yeah. And then we okay. have like a DBA for Propagy, which now that I think about it, like, I don't know how legal on the up and up that is, but it's all one company. It's all <laughs> one like financial statement. Well, this actually, it's a good teaching moment for everybody. This is how you should do it. Do you have two separate websites or just have one website? Mm -hmm. Okay. Two separate two websites. websites. Beautiful. Yeah. So everyone, if you want to have, I call them like separate marketing channels um, within the same business, you do that with the DBA. A lot of people don't really understand how that works. So for me, like I, I sometimes I'll tell people I have two businesses because it's just easier than to tell mm -hmm. them I have one business 
but I market as a Braden Drake to my general audience. And then I started drag tax to market to drag queens. Mm -hmm. So technically Haley, don't tell anyone, but I haven't gotten my DBA for that. I definitely need to. <laughs> so it's been under my LLC. Okay. Um, can you walk us through, so I know you kind of, um, I know you just kind of gave us the broad overview, mm -hmm. but can you walk us through, um, the different offers in your business and Haley, I know you do customer journey consulting, don't you? Yes. So you're probably very familiar with the term offers. Yes. Okay. <laughs> um, anyone I have here who, you know, like does online business definitely is, but I would imagine that that term is like new to some of my audience mm -hmm. members. I talk about it. But in your words, can you explain what an offer is and then tell us what your offers are? Yeah. So an offer is basically just how you package up your service to market it and provide it to your customers. So if you are a photographer, I know you work with a lot of wedding people, your offers might be your wedding package versus your engagement shoot package. Like each of those is an offer. Um, for a more traditional business, I guess, like an accountant who has, you know, one-off consulting is one type of offer versus an ongoing, you know, tax done for you package is another type of offer. So there's lots of different ways we can talk about offers, but that's essentially how it gets boiled down. Um, on the property side of things, we have three primary offers, but one of them is about to split, which is going to be confusing, but we have Thought Leaders Collective, which is a membership that gives people weekly thought leadership prompts on LinkedIn. There's not a lot of bells and whistles. It's very straightforward. Um, we send you an email once a week with a prompt. You respond to the prompt, post it on LinkedIn, call it a day. Um, it's probably my favorite thing I've ever created. I love it so much. Um, yes. and how, and how off, much is that? That's $27 a month or $270 if you want to commit for the whole year and get all of the prompts at once in addition to weekly. Nice. Okay, cool. Yeah. So it's a super easy way to get people interested in LinkedIn. Hold on. My dog is playing with her bone. Roxy. <laughs> Maxi. It's Roxy. She's oh, Roxy. I thought you down said Down here. Hi, Roxy. Oh, Roxy's very cute. Okay. So we have um, the membership. Yes. So that's $27 a month, which is a great entry point into LinkedIn where people feel supported enough to get confident and like actually want to log in. Um, but it's not so overbearing that people are worried about the commitment or worried about if it's going to, you know, have an ROI for them, which I think sometimes we can be a little nervous about when it comes to trying new platforms. Um, and then on the opposite side of the spectrum, we have the linked intensive, which is a done with you week long LinkedIn intensive where we talk about your lead gen strategy. We optimize your profile. We get everything all set up for you to have an amazing LinkedIn strategy and then train you or your team on how to execute it and kind of push you off into the world for running your LinkedIn strategy. And then in the middle, sorry, and had, how much, how much is that? Oh, sorry. That's 2,500. I know I didn't ask you to give the price points, but I'm in. No, it's okay. I always um, did you say that was called the linked intensive or LinkedIn intensive? It's a linked intensive. So it's like a, a run on word, like a nice. word smash. <laughs> okay, cool. That's I really fun. like combining words. <laughs> <laughs> a linked intensive. Well, you know, that would make it a lot easier to get trademarked if you ever decide to do that. Although I don't know if it's close, too close to LinkedIn's name. Question for my trademark attorney friend. 
Yeah, that's, um, it's actually funny. After we had you on the podcast, I had a trademark attorney on the podcast talking about the trademark that I have for Propagy. Um, so funny little tie-in. Um, and that's why I haven't really traded trademarked any of my LinkedIn offer names, because as you'll soon find out, our middle offer is level up with LinkedIn lead gen. Um, you obviously can't trademark LinkedIn because it's yeah. already someone else's. Um, and up until right now, that has been a comprehensive, essentially DIY version of the LinkedIn intensive. We have videos and trainings and templates to teach you how to, you know, run a search, come up with your ideal target people on LinkedIn, optimize your profile, what to message, things like that. Um, and that was 1200. Um, but we recently did a launch and it did not go well. And the whole time doing it, the reason we did the launch was because I wanted to revamp some of the content and I wanted to make sure people were still interested before I did it. But one person bought. So I was like, maybe people don't want to spend $1,200 to learn how to use everything there is to do with LinkedIn. So we're in the process of finishing out the launch with that one person who did buy. We're still delivering for them 100%. Um, and then we're cutting up level up into a bunch of smaller bite-sized mini courses and programs so that people can come in, learn what they want to learn about LinkedIn, get their win and leave. Um, because I don't think people want to spend a thousand dollars on this weird mid ticket program anymore. So we wanted to listen to that audience feedback. Okay, cool. So you're going to have, like, you're going to have the mini courses, which are really like the how-to content of LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. And then you have the done for you service. And then the membership is like, not really how to, it's just content and prompts. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Nice. And I will say like at the beginning of say 2020 or middle of 2021 to beginning of 2022, we were like, property is going to be it. LinkedIn's going to be our thing. This is going to be like all we focus on. And it's made up like less than 10% of my revenue over the last two years. Like it's not the money maker. And the more I become okay with that, the better the content I create for the property side of things is and the better feedback I get from the people who are in it. Um, so it's like this weird little side hustle that's like my favorite child, but it's not <laughs> bringing me like, it's not the MVP. <laughs> okay. Well, that's super good. And for, I love percentages. So that's super good to hear um, that we have that breakdown. Can you tell us what the offers are and the other 90% of your revenue? Yeah. So the other 90% of my revenue, at least as far as this year has been concerned, is mostly through VIP days, half days, and week-long intensives. And what we can do within those times kind of varies from, you know, what the person needs, but it's basically a half day is 800, a full day is 1500, and a week is 2500. And then depending on what they come to me for, we either do full customer journey strategy and we'll like create the opt-in for them, or we will write up a sales page and an email sequence, or we can write an entire website. Um, it all depends on what that initial identification of their customer journey strategy turns up for us um, and then how much support they need to execute. Nice. Okay. Love that. I wonder if everyone can... 
I'm going to have to listen to this after we record it and see if I can hear my own typing picked up on my microphone. Hopefully I can't hear it on my end. (laughs) I was like, hopefully if they can, it's just like a nice little clickety clack in the background. Cause I like to take a lot of notes when I do this. So Haley, the reason why I love to get all this information is because then when we dive into your PL, we can talk about what the expenses look like for your different offers, all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. So for these done for you services, um, it sounds like you, do you have like on your website, is it like option A, option B, option C, or is it like, we can do this kind of stuff. And most uh, like the offer is more like custom to what you're going to need. Like, please contact us. Um, a little bit of both. Basically on my website, we have the marketing roadmap. Currently it's listed as a VIP day, but I'm going to change the naming of it to intensive because it's way easier to do in a week than it is to do in a day. Uh Um, so we have that and we kind of cover the types of things we can accomplish in that time. Um, the marketing roadmap or marketing road trip is the experience where we do all of the done for you side of things. And that can kind of vary in duration and price. Um, and then the day rates and half days, I've just been selling like in the DMs to people. Um, I have my website. I love my website, but for the most part, people just either come to me from referrals and are like, yep, send me a contract or, you know, in DMs from Facebook groups and stuff. Um, I don't think my website gets as much love as it deserves, but it probably isn't as optimized as it should be because so many people just ask me questions and then buy. Yeah. Nice. Well, that's a quality problem to have that you're (laughs) selling so easily. You don't have to rely on your website. Um, Okay, cool. Uh, Haley, with all of that in mind, are you ready to dig into the numbers? Yeah, let's go for it. Are we doing 2022 or 2021? Because I know well, I both. feel like we can start with 2021 and then roll into 2022. How's that sound? Okay, well, then for a little more context for 2021, my offers were completely different. Yes. So we're going to talk about that. <laughs> okay. I just want to make sure like everything I just said is not true in 2021. <laughs> okay. Well, then start out by telling us what changed yeah. and why. So 2021, I was like, in order to be a successful business, I have to be a six-figure business because that's what internet marketing tells us. And Uh in order to be a six-figure business, I have to be able to scale beyond a six-figure business. And in order to do that, I need to turn my one-woman show into an agency. So I started the year with the intention of being a full service marketing agency. And so we had a variety of clients doing everything from SEO to web design to social media management. Um, at, that's, too, that's too much, Haley. That's too much. It was so much. It was so bad. <laughs> um, with prices ranging from like 1200 to 4500 a month. So we had a pretty big range in there. And that was how we worked with people throughout the entire year. But like you said, that's too much. I can't do all of those things. I certainly can't do all of those things well. So my expenses for 2021 definitely reflect that. I had a very large, you know, for the amount of revenue we were doing, I had a large team um, and I was really tired. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So let's dig into that a little bit more, if you don't Mm -hmm. mind. Yeah. Um, Okay. What was the first thing? Okay. So. Your gross revenue for the year, your sales was 98000 roughly $300. So we'll just say 98000 My first question for you, maybe it would make more sense to get to this later, but I feel like I've already opened, opened the can, so <laughs> we got to go there. 
you said you believed that you had to mm-hmm. get to six figures. So is that no longer a belief that you possess or are you still believing that, but just trying to get there in a way that's more authentic to you? I don't think I need to have six figures in order to be a successful business owner. Um, I think that, you know, last year, I feel like there was a lot of content on the internet and in people's podcasts talking about how profit is more important than revenue and what you pay yourself is more important than, you know, what your clients are paying you to some degree. But there was also all of this conversation around six figures isn't enough. A hundred thousand dollars isn't enough. You can't be a successful six figure business owner unless you're bringing in more than that. And for whatever reason, like that side of things won. And then when I sat with myself at the end of the year and I looked at how I spent my time, where my energy was just in terms of like overall satisfaction with my life and my business, and then how much money I had to show for it at the end of the year, I was like, I don't think you need to have a six-figure business in order to be happy or successful. And I'm going to prove to myself that I can do that, that I can be happy and successful and make more money and have an easier life. I think a big big kind of, yeah, I think a big kind of nuance that sometimes gets lost is you use the word success. You use the word success a lot. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then at the end, when you kind of summarize that, you said, I don't need to have six figures to be happy or successful. Right. And mm-hmm. I think you know, success is arbitrary, right? Success is yeah. success is personal. So no one else's idea of success should be your idea of success because really like, you know, success, I think is like your own happiness and fulfillment. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I am one of those people, Haley, that educates on a lot. I think a lot of people do need more than six figures if they want to be full-time in business and comfortably pay all their bills. But mm-hmm. some people are a lot more frugal than other people and they don't need as much. So it's all relative to like what you want and what you need and et cetera. Yeah. And I think that's something that I was missing a lot of in my own like perception of my business and my success was like, my expenses are really low. Why am I trying to make so much money when like, I'm happy where I'm at or I'm covering all of my expenses? Like, I was talking to someone and I said what my revenue goal was and they were like, but why? Like, what do you need to pay yourself? What do you need to pay your team? Like, where is all this extra money going that's making you so stressed? Yeah. And I was like, I have no freaking clue. I have absolutely no idea. (laughs) And that was when the switch kind of started to, it didn't flip. It was like a dimmer switch that started to like rotate in the right direction I like that a dimmer switch okay I might have to borrow that for some copy at some point if you don't mind (laughs) all right I said it here first (laughs) yes I'll I'll credit you if I remember um (laughs) you can copyright it though so get into the numbers just a little bit for 2021 and then we'll move on so you already mentioned you had a lot of expenses really okay so with the amount of services you were providing I don't think your contractor expenses were that high you spent $14,500 on contractors on, mm-hmm. you know, almost $100,000 of income. So that's only 15%. Were you doing a lot of the client work yourself? Well, I also had um, employees. Oh, so that- I'm not sure. I'm not sure what the breakdown is in there, but I think I spent another like 12 to 15 on employees 
employees. I don't know if it broke out my owner's pay. So owner's pay is 31,000. Was that the amount that you just paid yourself? That was what I paid myself. Yeah. Okay. So then you have payroll employer taxes, payroll gross pay, payroll gross pay 21,000. So that's probably the amount you paid your employees, I'm guessing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. So 21,000 plus 15,000. So about 36% went to team then. Yeah. Does that sound right? Yeah, that sounds about right. Okay. Yeah. That sounds more like around what I was expecting. So Mm -hmm. I'd say like no yellow flags there. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It was, it was less about like, I didn't think I was spending my money unwisely. I just felt like I wasn't putting money in a place where I was then getting anything back from it. Yeah. Like all of the money that I paid myself, like if I looked at my hourly breakdown for the year of like how much I was working versus how much I was paying myself, I by far had the lowest hourly rate of any of my employees. Yeah. Well, because you paid, it looks like you, you paid yourself less than you paid your total team and you were working. Mm -hmm. Would you say that cumulative, did they work cumulatively more hours than you or less than you? Less for sure. Okay. So if you were working 50 hours a week, they were like cumulatively working, what, like 20, 30 hours a week or something? Probably closer to 20. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So they're getting paid about twice as much per hour. Yeah. Um, do you think, okay. So ignoring the fact, like, even if you don't want to do that, like if you, even if you don't want to do it in the future, if you went back with this financial information, do you think, um, Using this financial information, do you think the smart, the thing that you would need to do is increase the prices for your clients or what would need to be tweaked? Um, I think that it was a combination of certain clients definitely needed to pay more or pay differently. Uh And I think that instead of spending some of the money that I spent on having team members support in client deliverables and like internal operations, putting some good money into like a project and account manager Uh to manage all of the backend stuff that was really taking up a lot of my time and energy would have been a better way to shuffle those funds. I think I would have been fine making what I made last year if I hadn't been working so hard for it. Right. Yeah, this is so it's funny. Just before this, I recorded another podcast episode. And, you know, because of the way podcast scheduling works, that podcast won't come out until after your podcast come out. I think it's the following. It'll be out next. It'll be out next week, everybody. <laughs> well, one of the things I talked about was um, having employees and contractors track their time and track their mm-hmm. time per client project. Did you ever have any of your team members do that? Uh, yeah, I didn't start at the beginning of the year doing that, but once I went from, I had one employee and one contractor from January through May. And then in May, I turned one of my contractors into an employee, brought on three more employees, and then the original employee quit. Um, in all of that shift, we started having everyone track their time per task in ClickUp. So I was spending a lot of time in ClickUp, breaking out all of our tasks by client and by project. Um, and then they were using that time track feature to track what they were doing. And my one employee who's still on my team, like that's how she tracks everything today. And it's awesome because we can see exactly where the time's going. Okay. Because I would imagine like if, if I dug into it, I would imagine that you can charge... 
you know, maybe $1,500 a month for social media management, $1,000 a month, whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's really time intensive, right? Whereas typically you can charge a lot more for a sales page because, you know, people think of ROI more. I don't know. People are just willing Mm -hmm. to pay more for it and it might not take as long. And so you're making a lot more money on those certain services. Like, is, is that, do you think I'm on the right track with that? Yeah. I think that's kind of the direction that I started taking things. I think I learned how to price on like a per package basis, which made sense when it was just me. And then as I grew into the agency side of things, per package no longer worked, but I wasn't in a place to like change how I was charging my clients. Um, so then the expenses got really high, um, compared to what I was making. And then as I've shifted my services this year, it's been more on a per, you know, per day, per week, per deliverable basis. And that's been a lot easier to manage. If I were to scale up into an agency again, I think I would do a more traditional agency hourly model, Um, but also I don't think I am ever going to offer social media management again, or any type of like ongoing retainer work, because I think there's just so many opportunities for delays and miscommunication. Like I very much like a tight turnaround and that like client accountability. And if they're stuck in a six month contract and they're not, you know, cooperating or like doing what you need them to do to hold up your end of the service agreement, like you're stuck in a six month contract. Like it is the way it is. Um, and I very much like being able to like wrap things up, tie it up with a bow. Congratulations. We're done. If you want to work with me again, you're welcome to. Yeah. I I just did one of these interviews a couple of weeks ago with, uh, Rachel and they do, they do like a two week container for like full Mm -hmm. website copy. And it was really interesting to hear. Same thing. She's like, we don't really want ongoing projects. Um, And that's why I love doing these interviews because for all of you listening, like we don't do these to tell you what your business model should be. It's to help you realize like, well, what do you like? And listening to how other people have changed what they've done. So that's super interesting. All right, Haley, there's two more things I want to ask you about on your 2021 P&L. One expense that I'm surprised at how low it is. And another expense that I wouldn't say that I'm surprised, just another expense that's like on the higher end. Do you have any Mm -hmm. guesses which two categories I'm talking about? Um, I think that education and training is going to be on the higher end. Uh huh. And I don't even know like what the other categories are. The only one that I know that's up there that I think is weird is um, advertising that's really low. Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to ask the about. So your advertising expenses were only $220 for the year, which was like what your website domain? Like what? No, that's not even where we put advertising. I think I have that in like dues and subscriptions. Okay. Um, I think we started to dabble in Facebook ads when we wanted to do like an evergreen launch of our course. And I was just at a point where like the cash flow wasn't there for me to feel like I could risk having anything tied up in Facebook ads. And it was also in like October. So kind of heading into that expensive time of year. Um, so we briefly dabbled and then shut it down and we're just like, nope, no more. (laughs) We're not doing this. Uh, we weren't ready and we're still not ready. So you'll see a similar, if not lower ad spend for 2022. Yeah. You know, you're a great kind of person for people to work with before they get into Facebook ads, because I don't think this is one thing people don't realize. And we're both 
um, I think we're both friends with my friend, Claire, you know her, right? I do know her. Yeah. Yeah. She now does some of this in her program as well. But um, what people need to realize is before you just start, and I'm not really telling you this, Haley, I'm telling you, mm-hmm. you already know this. I'm telling the listeners yeah. this before you start pumping money into Facebook ads, like you have to know, like, what are you selling and what's your customer journey and what's your ROI and your conversions and all this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, do you have a lot of people who come work with you like for that specific reason? Cause they are ready to like really turn on the switch, like the lead switch, so to speak. Um, I think a lot of people come to work with me when they are overwhelmed with the number of things that they need to write or pull together and they don't understand how it's all supposed to work because they've learned like the jargon of like no like trust or whatever but they don't understand how to guide someone from one to the other to get to that point I think I work with a lot of people who are maybe like six months out from being ready to get into the ad side of things Um, they need something that was built strategically to guide people through their customer journey and then they need a little bit of time to sit with it and make sure it's doing what they want them to do Um, but I also like Obviously, I don't get a lot of traffic from ads. I just have a really high like close rate when someone does inquire with me. And so I try to create experiences for my clients that are similar. And hopefully, you know, if they decide to get into ads, it's not from this point of desperation where like they need clients yesterday. It's just from this point of I don't really feel like doing whatever I've been doing for lead gen. I want to have a switch that I can flip on or off. Yeah. Yeah. We love, we love to flip a switch. I have been in the Haley, I was just thinking about this actually before I went on your podcast (laughs) I've been trying to figure out my customer journey for I'm not even kidding you three years oh my gosh Um, yeah for about three years um I did like a whole process of like thinking that I had it figured out in 2020 and then it didn't really it's just like the front end offer that I had didn't make sense as a front end offer and things got like kind of clunky and then I wasn't getting enough people in my signature program that didn't that didn't to then convert people into my back end offer, you know? Mm-hmm. So like, well, I feel like matter. nothing we built in 2020. Yeah, I know. 2020 anymore. is like a throwaway, <laughs> right? So then I revamped a lot of things last year. And now with everything I have rolling out this fall, it's almost like some, someone came down from the heavens and just <laughs> like the light shone upon me. Right. And everything became clear. That's what it felt like. Um, and hoping, hopefully that, that, uh, all becomes true in January. So I think I'm also six months away from like getting back into ads for that really, Mm -hmm. really starting to make sense. Uh, My mastermind, and this is a really big compliment from them, even told me that the first time in, uh, in like the three years we've been masterminding everything I was doing, like actually made sense to them. So that is, that is a good compliment. I definitely have friends who are like, I love you, but I don't even like know what you do and you've worked with me and I don't know what you do. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And for me, it's always just like clarity of offers, right? Like having Mm -hmm. too many offers, like the offers not being like distinguished from one another enough, like all that kind of stuff. And I think, uh, as my listeners know, we have the contract vault. I have a book, I have two tiers of the membership, and then we're rolling out a done for you service in a couple months. And that's going to be it, everybody. That's it. Yeah. I think for me, because I like to do so many things and the thought of only writing websites for the rest of my career or only doing this or only doing that felt really restrictive. Yeah. Turning this into, you know, you have a day, you have a week, you have a half day 
within this customer journey lens, we can kind of do whatever you need has given me the clarity in my messaging while also giving me the flexibility and the freedom in being able to serve my clients in a really consistent and exciting way that's not confusing or overwhelming or complicated from like a billing perspective. Yeah. Yeah. I think we have kind of a similar situation, you and I, just a little bit of a different delivery. It's mm-hmm. like, I want to do multiple things, but I don't want to have a ton of offers. Yeah. So now I have my membership and I have like pretty much everything I've created is in the membership. And so I used to want to do, I'm like, oh, let's do like a like, let's promote the contract course this week. And next week I'm going to promote my hiring course. Mm-hmm. And now it's just like, no, everybody, all the shit's in the membership. And if anything, I'm allowing myself creativity and flexibility in ways that I open the doors to the membership and get people in. So mm-hmm. that's kind of like what I'm doing with the property side of things. It's like, if I have an idea for a course, I can just like make it and put it over there. And if people yeah. buy it, cool. And if not, I like scratch the creative itch. And well, that's the nice thing is when you're not relying on it to be a big percentage of your revenue, you don't have Mm -hmm. to, you're a lot like, well, you're allowed to experiment whenever you want. It's your business, but you have more, uh, more, um, I was going to say freedom, more, you feel more free to do that. Mm -hmm. Less pressure, less pressure. That's, that's the term I was looking for. Okay. So last thing on 2021 education and training, almost $15,000, um, what did we invest in in 2021? Um, we invested in, um, I invested in a mastermind in January. That was like this carryover upgrade situation from the coaching program I'd done the year before. Uh Um, so I invested in that in January. And then in July, I invested in a, how to build your course or membership site to scale to, whatever program that was also very expensive that was Um, also were they both were they both like half of that number I think one was six and one was close to nine okay and then there was our friend Kira's HR membership was also in there nice Um, and I will say that Kira HR not to like plug her but also if you you know join get my uh, affiliate link um <laughs> that was, here was my best investment of 2021 for sure in giving me like the confidence to build and manage my team and then also just like the community and like being around those people helps me feel really stable in knowing that even though I feel like I don't know what I'm doing I actually do know what I'm doing and I'm good at this and I'm capable and I'm like yeah. doing the right thing um yeah as well I'm doing I'm doing Kira's like done for you thing right now Mm -hmm. and same thing it's this is actually credit to Kira Kira if you're listening we should tag you when we when we release this episode um I think that's where a lot of my clarity came from just chatting with Kira Mm -hmm. about because we have to get all of the offers defined in order to hire the right people to deliver them it's been fantastic. So for you, Haley, um, you gained a new sense of clarity in 2021. It seemed like more from like frustration, I would say than anything else, based on what you're saying, um, to change your offers in 2022, mm-hmm. which one of those things I'm assuming at least one of those things, or many of those things, all three of those things you invested in helped you kind of make this pivot. Was it your mastermind? Was it Kira's membership? Was it both? I think that in everything that I was investing in, I felt like the solution 
that I was being given for all of my problems was to invest in something else. And I think after spending a year listening kind of blindly, and I do take responsibility for the amount of faith that I just put in everyone who was giving me advice. I think after spending a year listening to all of this advice and not feeling like I was growing in the same way that I could have if I'd maybe reflected inward a little bit more, um, I learned that I needed to take some time to kind of be my own coach and think yeah. myself through the problems that I was having and not feel like just because I give someone $10,000, they're going to be able to fix my business because my business isn't broken. And I don't need to join a coaching program to grow my business to six figures because I know how to grow my business to six figures. I have to decide if I want to do that. I don't need to let marketing tell me that that's what I need to do. And I think that was a big and expensive lesson I learned in 2021 and 2022 and finding all of that clarity has been about more like sitting with myself, thinking about what I want, how I want to run my business and how I can leverage the knowledge that I have because there's so much of it to make my business something that serves me as much as I'm serving the people I work with. Yeah, as you were saying all of that, my mind immediately like got this new analogy because I love to teach by analogy. You want to hear what it is? <laughs> Hell yeah. I feel like with a lot of these programs and I'm an advocate of many of them, um, mm -hmm. I hype up Digital Course Academy every time it launches because it was basically what created my business. But it's almost like, I feel like it's like the program, I'm thinking of the program as like a Lego set, like a really, really mm -hmm. complicated Lego set, right? And the course, like their program gives you the instructions, but like you just have the Legos that you have to work with. So, <laughs> right. It's like, you have, the yeah. you have the Legos you have at home, right? So you can like build it pretty close, but they might not be the same color. You might not have all the right pieces. So it really depends on what you have to work with and what you want to mm -hmm. build. And just because someone else did it doesn't mean that it's going to like make sense for exactly how you want to build it. So Sometimes exactly. you just have to play in the sandbox and then create your own instructions. Yeah, for sure. And like, I don't have a problem with coaches or coaching programs or courses or any of that. I have a small problem with the way we market some of those and the way that the like climate around coaching culture perpetuates this idea that you need a coach in order to be successful at all times. Oh, so you're just, um, you're talking about manipulation. Yeah. Yeah. I don't <laughs> like it. And I feel like I was manipulated a little bit and I don't like it. Um, yeah. and so taking the time to be like on a little coaching detox this year and just like listening to myself and figuring out what I want. And then if I want support in that later on, I know how to go find it. So I like that. I did my, I did my a lot less this year. <laughs> yeah. I did my coaching detox last year, which was great. I think I went, I went, I think almost 14 months or 15 months without investing um, in any kind of programs. Mm -hmm. And that's really, I took the money that I'd been used to spending last year on programs. And that's when I started to grow my team, not mm -hmm. like a ton, but just spending, you know, the $1,000 I was paying a month for the high ticket program I was in ended up like hiring me like three or four contractors, right? 
Yeah. So that was really big. I do think I'm, I'm the same way. I'm a huge fan of group programs. Um, I credit a lot of my business success to the mastermind that I was in, but I do think that people need to take a breather sometimes to realize yeah. what they need to do. And then also keep in mind that, um, a lot of people's systems are competing and that's not a bad thing. It's just that you can't do like, sometimes you can't do both a and B because mm-hmm they're contradictory. So that's where you have to just choose the like systems and the mentors you want to work with really closely. Yeah. And it was definitely, I know like when I invested in the second educational program that I did for the year, it wasn't very long after joining it. that I was like, Oh, I made a bad decision, but I recognized that I made a bad decision for me because I didn't think critically through my buying process. The program was awesome. It just wasn't what I needed. It was what I thought I needed. And that was a expensive lesson that I had to learn the hard yeah. way. I've been there too. I invested in one amazing $10,000 program. And that one, I think a lot of the other people that invested in it would say that it was not amazing, but it was, you know, what I personally got out of it that made it a good investment mm-hmm. for me. I invested in an, in a 10, in another $10,000 program that objectively was probably a much more cohesive program, but wasn't a good fit for me. Right. Yeah, And then I've invested in uh, DCA was again, an amazing $2,000 program. Then I invested in another $2,000 program that I would say that de- I definitely got my ROI out of it, but it was like, just okay. I don't know why I felt the need to share all of that, but <laughs> you're not going to nail like people. You're not going to nail all of them. Um, but you know, hopefully it's a net positive. Okay. Haley, are we ready to talk about 2022? Yes. I feel a lot better about 2022. Let's talk about it. <laughs> okay, cool. Cool. Um, so you have affiliate revenue of almost $400. What's that? Um, I think that's from telling people to give Kira money. <laughs> <laughs> Beautiful. Uh, sales of $50,000. So what I notice is that you, in your P&L, you don't have your sales broken down by offer. Do you do mm-hmm. that in your books? Yeah, I do it in my books and I have it written down Um sort of, I don't have the services broken down, but I have it broken down by services level up and thought leaders collective. Um, and that's mostly because I can never figure out like how the stripe transfer goes over in wave <laughs> with like the percentages. And like, if two things track at once, like my eyes just glaze over. So I know like what my sales are, but I don't know like what actually turned into money in my bank account by, uh, okay. You want me to explain to you how to do that real quick? Yes. (laughs) So this is for anyone who uses Stripe. A lot of the other payment processes are probably the same way. Go into Stripe and their search bar type payouts. Mm -hmm. And then you can click on the payouts. And then what you'll see is you'll see your bank deposits by day. So you'll click on Mm -hmm. today's, uh, September 28th. So if you log in today, you're going to see yesterday's payout. Mm-hmm. Um, so September 27th and it might, you might, it will show $400, but then it's going to tell you what all the transactions were. Okay. So for mine, I'll use mine as, as mine, mine is a really good example because I'll have five contract vault sales and mm-hmm. then like eight membership transactions because I have a $30 membership and then maybe one one-on-one transaction. And then you look at that along with your wave bookkeeping and you have to like split, they call it split the transaction in your bookkeeping and kind of manually enter that in, which is a pain. Yeah. I just did that for all of my like owner's pay, gross pay and 
uh, taxes. Yeah. So I just need to go through and do that now for all of my sales. Or maybe nice. I'll wait and start doing that in 2023. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Maybe wait in 2023. That's the nice thing. What do you, um, what website do you use? Um, so I use Wave for bookkeeping. And then I um, also track everything in a spreadsheet because I like. But what do you, what do you bill through? Oh, um, Thrivecart and Stripe. Thrivecart. So I'm assuming in Thrivecart is where you can easily see your like revenue, like per offer. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cause I do that in Kajabi or like, it's not as perfect as the bookkeeping, mm-hmm. but I can see, you know, contract vault sales X amount of dollars, which is like a good at a glance to get you through the rest of this year. Mm-hmm. And then you can like really, um, hone in on those details in your bookkeeping for next year, if you want. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then you'll have those details on the PL, which will be beautiful. So, um, let's look through here. So contractors are lower this year, but not, okay. So keeping in mind, you don't have, okay. Your payroll gross pay is a lot lower. You still have an employee. I, yeah, I had two in the beginning of the year and now it's just me and one employee. And what does your employee do? Um, she does all of my, it's ironic because I'm a marketer, but she does all of my like marketing and social media stuff. So she helps edit my solo episodes of my podcast. She helps make sure I remember to like make graphics and post things on Instagram when we're promoting stuff on Instagram. Um, basically just anything like on the creative side, that's not client facing. She helps out with. And I was going to say, it's surprising that you have an employee, but it's not really surprising because you work with Kira. Uh, yeah. I actually what? had the employee first, but. Oh, yes. you did? I was going to say, what made you decide that you needed an employee rather than a contractor? So when I hired my first employee, it was in December of 2020. And I knew that I needed help with both promoting my own business and also on some client deliverables. I knew that because of the way I worked with my clients, I needed to have some semblance of control over when my employee was available um, and when they were working on client work and getting things done on time um, because sometimes there were really quick turnarounds. So I needed to have that availability. Um, And then also, honestly, it came down to finances. Like I could pay an employee $20 an hour, which in Philadelphia where I live is not a bad hourly rate to start someone out at. Um, but if I wanted that same level as like a contractor or a VA, it was going to cost closer to like $35, $40 an hour. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I also knew that I wanted someone to grow with me and grow with the company. Um, that particular team member didn't stay with me. Um, they left after about six months, which makes sense because the company changed a lot in that time. Um, but my current employee then I hired in May of 2021 and she's been with me ever since. And she's awesome. Nice. So I wanted that kind of ongoing relationship and feeling like she was just invested, just as invested in the growth and success of what we were doing as I was. Okay. Love that. We love, um, um, hiring employee hype stories because a lot of people are resistant to hiring and we're going to try to change their minds. <laughs> um, you have 3000 or sorry, 8,000 in contractor expenses for the mm-hmm. year. What do you, what are you paying contractors for this year? And how does that change for, from last year? Yeah. So this year, I think it's funny. The last call I had with my accountant, she also looked at my contractor expense and was like, why is this so high? Um, I want to say close to half of that is maybe not close to half, like a third of that is paying for my accountant. 
So <laughs> that's accounting. And she's asking you why it's so high. I'm like, yeah, she was uh, like, why is, why is your contractors so high? And I was like, well, you're one of my contractors. And she was like, oh, right. Um, and then I also <laughs> decided this year that I was going to stop DIYing everything for my own business. So I paid someone to do like a one day branding intensive for my personal website. And then we did a one day website build for my personal website. Um, we have another one day website build that is paid for in this PL, but hasn't been done yet for the Propagy website. Um, so just investing in a lot of lasting design and marketing stuff that has freed up so, so, so much of my time. I think I spent like over 65 hours redesigning the Propagy website last December mm. and I hate it. So like the money that I spent to have a contractor do that this time, I'm like, yeah, absolutely. Take it, <laughs> take it away. See, and this is, see, this is why I personally can't ever imagine myself paying a lot of money for a website designer because I edit my own website, like literally mm -hmm. once a month. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I paid, I think she has her prices on her website. So like I can say this out. I paid $1,500 and oh, in one bad. day I got a like semi-custom templated website built in WordPress. Like I can go in and edit it when I want to, oh, good, but good, good. nothing's broken. Like the mobile response on my current like property website is garbage because I built the whole website and then was like, oh shit. Yeah. I have to make it mobile friendly. And like just the peace of mind of not having to spend hours and hours fixing all of that um was absolutely worth the $1,500 so worth it that I literally paid again to have it done again for another website nice yeah I'm thinking of friends that I know who paid five ten grand for their websites and then it's like but you can't like touch anything it's yeah like there it's like there and if you change your business model you got to like basically redo it like oh yeah I well part of that too was I wanted to force myself to not change my mind like I was like, I have a good idea. I have good language. I know that I can make this work. I'm writing the copy. I'm booking the day. Like it's going to happen. Maybe um, I should do that. Honestly, <laughs> it could be a good way for me to stick with the, the like offers I've created. Well, I have a um, designer if you need one. Yes. Uh, my actually, my graphic designer, uh, it's funny. I haven't had her do any website stuff for me, but she like specializes in Kajabi now, which is, oh, I've only well, had her do. Then yeah, you're good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Shout out Allie. Um, okay. Computer software, $3,000. That's a pretty, that's like a pretty big one. What's included in there? There's gotta be something other than like, other than Thrivecard, other than like Asana, other than, you know, all these like 20 to $50 a month kind of things. Yeah. I'm trying to remember. Cause I even remember when I first saw that I have Wave pulled up right now. Yeah. I'm wondering if you paid, like, did you pay lifetime access to any of these? I do pay for most things annually. Um, but yeah, so it's got an annual, um, $400 for ClickUp because I paid for ClickUp when I had three team members on like one of the higher plans because I use a lot of those features. Yeah. Um, a full year of Canva, a full year I of I guess Interact, that's not that much. A full I, year of think. my website hosting I have under software. Um, I think I combine like software and subscriptions, um, a transcription software because I do um, a lot of client interviews for case studies and I transcribe those and then like 
Adobe lives in, I was paying for Teachable for a long time. I don't pay for that anymore. Um, yeah, and it all adds up to about $3,000. Okay, yeah, that's probably about, I just did some quick math. I, I on average, spend, um, I call my monthly tools, which is mm-hmm. uh, computer software and all that other stuff you mentioned. And I do about 400 a month, which is 4,800 for the year. And you're probably on track to be about a 4,000. Yeah, I pay for most of my stuff annually and most of it hits in April. So I usually have like April or May is like a really expensive month from like the tools perspective, but then my monthly recurring expenses are pretty low and pretty bare minimum. So that's really good to know then. So do you remind yourself every March that you need to keep a little bit of extra money in the bank account? Um, No, but I usually have a pretty good Q1. And so it like shakes out. It's definitely something that I need to be a little bit better at staying on top of, but I've been lucky so far. Um, But one of my kind of like end of year slash beginning of year goals for this year is to build a little bit more of a cushion into my bank account so that that's not as much of an issue to be worried about. Yeah. Yeah. Same. I need to do that too. I keep (laughs) saying that I'm going to do that. And then I find new shit to spend my money on. Um, but the great thing about doing like days and weeks is if I'm like, oh no, I need to figure out how to make $1,500. Like I can rustle up a day rate somewhere. Yeah. So being able to do that is nice. Yes. Agreed. Um, oh, I almost, I have a lot of, I have a lot, I have a lot I can say on a lot of these things, but we'll, um, (laughs) we'll, we'll move on. So, okay. Um, yeah, you only have $80 in dues and subscriptions. Haley, I'd probably just move that into your computer software and delete that category. Not yeah. that you asked for my advice, but. <laughs> no, I think I I flop back and forth between where I remember to put things. Because originally when I got you my PNL, yeah, dues and subscriptions is just one month of LinkedIn premium. And I think I did that because <laughs> then I canceled it. Um, yeah. Yeah, I get those two mixed up. So yeah, I should just get rid of the category. Yeah, a lot of that stuff, this is the thing. Some of these things like technically do kind of matter, but it doesn't really matter because Mm -hmm. it's, you know, it's all taxed the same anyway. Yeah. So because some stuff I'm like, well, technically speaking, um, I used to put like my Kajabi expense in advertising because I'm like, well, it's my website. So it's advertising. Mm -hmm. And then I'm like, well, no, but from an analytical perspective, I like to see all my monthly tools in one category. So I know like how much I'm spending on a monthly basis on all that shit. Mm -hmm. So you can kind of have that freedom and flexibility to make those slight tweaks and adjustments. Um, Okay. A lot of other categories and nothing too wild gifts, $42 meals, seven thirteen. I did notice your meal expenses were really low last year. Did your accountant tell you you could start eating out a little bit more for a business expense or did you just um, do that on your own? I just, I just don't really like eat out that much in general. So it's uh-huh. like, I don't know, but then this year I have like someone who I partner with for like client work lives in my neighborhood. So we get to go do client work together. And like, then it is a business expense. Um, so I think it was a combination of realizing I could do it. And also I like, didn't leave my house last year. Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. Luckily, um, you know, Kira lives like a half an hour away from me. Mm -hmm. So her and I are now doing like business lunch, like once a month, I want to start doing that more often with more people. We're a little bit, Mm -hmm. I feel like there was a lot of online business people in San Diego. So we're like a little bit spoiled with that. (laughs) Um, Okay. So Haley, 
I think that's all I wanted to ask you about on your PL. This was super fun. Um, also really fun that you sent over two years so we could go through a little bit more of like your business journey. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know if you, Haley, do you regularly tune into the Unfuck Your Biz podcast? Do you know what my last and final hard hitting question is on the show? It's been a minute since I've listened. It's okay. Mm-hmm. So we no, I don't. What's the hard hitting question? Okay. So here's the hard, I gotta, I gotta frame it first. So my listeners know that I have a free Facebook group. They don't already know they're learning right now. It's called Braden's <laughs> Besties and they should go join if they have any questions. Also follow me on Instagram, everybody. All right. Because that's important. So here, here's a hard question, Haley. If people want to be one of your besties, what's the best way for them to do that? Ooh, so if they're in like a businessy mood, definitely LinkedIn, um, okay. which is like the most Haley answer you can think of. So it's just um, LinkedIn.com slash Haley dash E dash Johnson. Um, but if they want to see cute pictures of my dog, um, podcast updates and just like the fun behind the scenes businessy stuff. And then also whatever personal um, Instagram over at Haley E. Johnson is going to be the place to go. Beautiful. And we'll, we'll put all those links in the show notes, of course. Um, Haley, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. This was the blast twice in one week. <laughs> hey there, before you go, I wanted to give a quick thanks. Thanks so much for tuning into the show. If you loved it, I would love for you to take a screenshot of the episode or snap a quick selfie while you are listening. Share it on social and give me a tag. It'll help other kick-ass entrepreneurs like yourself find the show. That's it for today. I'll be back soon with a new episode. Meanwhile, let's roll up our sleeves and unfuck that biz.